This episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent big wins and memorable seasons is with championship rings. And the team at Legend Rings is here to help college coaches do just that. Visit legendrings.com and stay tuned later in the show for a special offer for you and your team, coach. And now it's time for the show. That's right. It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, the man everyone agreed should have won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar in 1994, and America's Recruiting Guru, Dan Tudor. Hey, Coach, it's Dan Tudor, and I am so glad that you're listening today here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast, and you may be able to hear in the background the sound of the road, the sound of the engine. That's right. We're going to do another episode of Driving with Dan. So we used to do these frequently, but it's been a while. And I had a coach actually ask, hey, when are you going to do another one of those Driving with Dan episodes? Uh, Because he liked them. And it's been a while, frankly, because I haven't been doing a lot of driving uh, or traveling, period, with the pandemic and everything that went on during 2020. It really reduced travel, as it did for you, too. And now things are starting to pick up. So I am actually driving to a client's campus today where we've worked with them for about two years, but it's time for us to get updated on everything going on with them. And so uh, doing what I love to do, which is get in front of coaches and help them be better. That's what our whole staff is dedicated to a tutor collegiate strategy. So uh, I have a little bit of time to drive, and what prompted me to record another one of these episodes where I can just talk to you one-on-one, no guests. We have great guests, and I love interviewing people, but sometimes it's good to get the essentials out and just talk to you one-on-one, and that's what today is going to be about, and it really centers around an email that I got from a coach who uh, heard from him the first time, Division One coach, newer in his position as a recruiting coordinator, and has been hearing evidence of what we've been talking about, which is recruits really want to be communicated with on a regular basis. They crave it. It matters to them. They reward coaches who do that. And yet, I think the main struggle for the coach is not only the time involved in putting together messages, but also how to create them. And so when he emailed me, I did what I have often done in the last couple of years is I've referenced some articles I've, that we've written and some podcasts uh, very early on that we've done that, that sort of touch a little bit on the topic of message creation. But then I started going back and realized that I really haven't put out anything new when it comes to things like emails and, uh, and letters and just the text and the verbiage that is working now. And so I thought, well, I need to do that because I, I, I don't want to reference things that, well, it's not out of date, but it's older. And I want to just make sure you understand what we use now within tutor collegiate strategies for the coaches that we work with and that trust us for helping them put together the messaging that, uh, that, that would go out to a recruit and, and what that story is. I want to talk with you a little bit about what we see working, what uh, still works. There's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't change about past recommendations. But obviously, we've seen a shift over the last year or so in what athletes do when they are receiving messaging because the recruiting process has changed. And look, as you listen to this, um, as we recorded at the beginning of 2021, I don't know if things are going back to the way they were. 
uh, have things permanently changed as you're listening to this possibly uh, in the future uh, looking back on our podcast episodes maybe things have changed uh, and you know some of this wouldn't apply anymore but all I can do right now is tell you what is working right now so I wanted to give you something simple to follow that would apply to every division level the D1 coach that contacted us that got this started or the brand new uh, softball coach at a Division three school who doesn't have much of a budget and it's just that coach and maybe a part-time assistant who all have the same goal, which is I want the best team, I want the best recruits to coach, to come here and help me build my program. How do we get them there? I will maintain and I'll make the case to you today that that involves consistent messaging it involves emails and letters that not only give out information that's really almost the the background of what you need to do the purpose of a message when we look at recruits and what matters to them and when they tell us what matters to them they say that I want to be convinced I want a coach to explain to me why I should choose their school why I should go and compete in their program and also how they are better than my other choices. And we've talked about that frequently. We talk about it all the time in the workshops that we do. We've mentioned it in webinars that we've done. Those two central key points in any message, in any ongoing recruiting process that athletes are trying to discover and understand about a coach that is interested in them, which is answering those two questions. That's what recruits are trying to figure out. Why should I go to your school coach? Not what do you have, but why should I go there? And how are you gonna be better than the other choices, the other options that I have? They don't want you to recruit negatively against the other people and and the other programs, the other coaches, and tell uh, you why they're bad, uh, a bad choice. It's not about why they're a bad choice, it's more about why you are the better choice. You have to make that case. So if you're looking for a, you know, why is this topic important? Why should I keep listening? Because it's the central part. It is the core, the DNA of every successful recruiting process that takes place. And it's the reason, if you're not going to follow this, it's the reason that most of the time recruiting is very hard for you and kids don't respond. And it's a struggle to put together a class. And once you put it together, you look at it and say, I don't like it very much. This isn't what I'm trying to build. It's because at the core, this messaging matters. Um, we get to see it within our organization up close daily. Uh, coaches report back, is the is our strategy working? Are the messages working? Because folks, if they're not, they've we get fired. And so we're very uh, focused on making sure that the latest research, the latest communication is put to work so that our clients win. And in fact, that's a hashtag we use all the time on Twitter. Our clients win when we post a message or an email or a text that we get from a coach we work with who is telling us how they are beating their competition and how the response rates are up and how their messaging is working. Uh, they use that. We use that hashtag. Our clients win, and that's the point of all this. Anybody can do successful messaging. Anybody can put together a good, solid plan that doesn't take a lot of time, but it starts with making your message really relevant and response-oriented that tells the story that answers those two key questions. And I'll say them one more time. 
why should I come to your school? That's the first thing kids tell us. They want a coach to answer for them throughout the recruiting process. Not just at the beginning, not in one message, but consistently over and over and over and over and over again, proving and explaining why they should go to your school and how are you better than my other choices? Those two two key questions. So diving into what most of you do now, which is emails, I'll save letters for last, um, because in some ways letters are the best and we save the best for last, right? Emails are critical. The reason emails, even in our latest studies, rank higher than social media when it comes to what influences a prospect when they're in communication with a coach is simple. Emails are something that they can control the intake of. So I can't control, as a social media user, my feed uh, and, and what's being put into that feed. So if I follow certain people on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media platform I happen to uh, to be on, that you happen to be on, we sort of take what we can get. We can unfollow people and that type of thing, but we can we don't control. Um, the frequency of that message because it just shows up and you know we open up a social media account we have to scroll through a lot of stuff and we might only stop on a couple of things at a time but I have to scroll through a lot and decide quickly am I going to look at that or not and it shows up daily all the time it's on my phone I get notifications and that's our world now that's the world of a high school prospect that you're recruiting email is effective because it allows the athlete to control when they see it and what they take in. So if you think about it, one of the complaints that we hear from a lot of coaches is that the, um, uh, that the prospects, the myth is they don't open up their email that often, therefore email doesn't matter to them. Email matters greatly to most prospects because of what I'm talking about. They can control the intake. I can. I don't have to log in every day. I don't have to be forced to see a message that I don't want to read or take the time to read. I can have my email account, only log into it every fourth day or every week or every week and a half or whatever it is, whatever my frequency is. And sure, there are some prospects that would look at emails daily, but, but I can log into it and it's my choosing. And... If I don't want to respond right away, if I don't want to react to a message, I have permission to do that because it's email and they're smart. They understand that they don't necessarily have to respond to an email right away. Um, an instant message, yes. Something on social media, yes. They need to like that or else the person on the other side, their friend, is going to get offended that they didn't like that post. So there's more of an immediate reaction needed for social media. They like email because it gives them a chance to uh, take care of it and deal with it and look at it on their time. The other thing that email does, just that they, they tell us that they like about it, is that it allows them to have a conversation with a coach back and forth, but they get to think about it. They get to uh, figure out what their response should be and and then take their time in replying. So that differs greatly, for instance, from a phone call where they're on the spot and look, phone calls are valuable in the recruiting process and we've done a lot of uh, past articles and information on effective phone calls, but phone calls put an athlete front and center and they don't have a lot of time to think about a response. Overall, I will say that's why athletes 
Um, love it when you call and you talk to them for a couple of minutes. Uh, they they start to cringe and get very uncomfortable when you're on the phone asking them questions for 45 minutes at a time. Why? Because they don't have time to think about it. They might say something stupid, and their reaction to that is, instead of saying something stupid, I'm just not going to say much at all. I'm going to give one-word answers, and I'll let you do all the talking, because now I'm playing defense as a prospect. And we don't want that. The goal of a message, the goal of anything that you're going to spend time creating and sending out, Coach, is to get a response from that athlete. That's the goal. So if we're going to get a response, if we want interaction, Interaction, especially at the start of a process with a new class, a new recruit, and we're trying to get their interest level up, I don't want to spend a lot of time with them on the phone asking them questions. Uh, I know that we as adults, as a coach, that's a great way to interact. And look, you want to call and talk to me, text me or email me, we'll set up a time to talk. I love talking on the phone with coaches, but I'm from uh, a different generation who grew up with that and I'm used to that method of communication. Uh, this generation is very much used to written communication going back and forth. It's, of course, started with text messaging, and that extends over to email. That if I can write it, um, I'm more comfortable with that, at least at first. So the whole point of putting together messaging is to get the response, is to build the relationship, it's to interact. Maybe it's happening at a little slower of a pace than you would have liked it to, but we need to build on it. That's the foundation of, of back and forth communication is making sure the other person is comfortable talking to you because if they aren't, then it's going to be hard to build a relationship with them. Email gives you that ability to do that. So there's all sorts of advantages just structurally with how email is presented with recruits. Uh, they like it better. Uh, it's more convenient. They can manage it more and also, the last thing I will say about the, why the structure of email is important in your recruiting process, they view it as something that is one of the norms, one of the things that they expect to have happen while they're being recruited. So email for them should happen in recruiting. It is a, a recruiting-specific message platform that they feel, rightly or wrongly, is a part of the process, should be a part of the process. That means that if you're not meeting that request, if you're not meeting that expectation, they will associate something negative with that. They'll figure that, well, I'm hearing from all these other coaches by email, but Coach Tudor isn't emailing me. He just calls. Uh, I'm not going to pay as much attention to Coach Tudor as uh, as these others, and it's going to be harder to get uh, a relationship built and me as a prospect feeling comfortable with Coach Tudor if all he does is call and text and doesn't email and tell a story. Which gets me into the, the form and function of an email. Um, I, I've tried to explain why it's such a good um, process uh, I, and hopefully I've made the case. Kids do read their emails, Coach. Uh, that, and some of you will observe that emails, uh, you, you'll we hear all the time in the workshops that we do on a campus, a hand will go up and we say, hey, you know, we're talking about emails. And a uh, coach will say, so what I don't get is um, when they do open them, um, I don't see them responding. But I do see them opening the email four or five or eight times uh, indicating that they're reading it. But they don't reply to me, so they must not like email. Um, coach, <laughs> What I need to explain to you, and I really want you to understand this, they're opening your email, 
and they're trying to figure out how to answer it or if they should answer it. Because what most recruiting emails are, and I really want you to do a gut check here, Coach, as I mentioned this and described this, if this is you, something needs to change. If your email that's getting open but not responded to is very formally written, uh, beautiful sentence structure, six paragraphs, you know, you're opening your four main points and then a nice closing paragraph like we all learned to write in school. If that's what's going out and it's pure information and it's talking about how many acres campuses and how many academic programs you have and uh, you know how many All-Americans your program has produced over the last three decades, something like that. If that's the tone of your email, that's an email that's going to be confusing to the prospect and will not likely get a large response rate. Why? Because all you've done is you've laid out a bunch of facts for me as the prospect. I don't know what to do with it. And and on top of that, it, there are facts that I don't care about right now. As a prospect, you're, you're a coach in Colorado. I'm a prospect in Ohio. I don't I don't have any frame of reference more than likely for your school, your program, who you are as a coach. So I'm certainly not willing to uh, hear and take in and pay attention to all the great things your program has done. Now, as adults, what we're thinking is I need to mention all these great things because I have to justify why that athlete should be interested in my program. And to do that, I have to justify how good our school is, how good our program is, and that as an athlete, you're going to have a great uh, a great experience here. That's not what they're looking for in an email. Because what have I mentioned at the start of, of this podcast? Email is about building a relationship. We don't build relationships by introducing each other and spending the next 15 minutes in conversation talking about our life story and all the reasons they should be friends with us. That would be bizarre. Um, that's essentially what we as coaches are doing when many of us are, are sending out information to prospects. We're basically meeting somebody for the first time and handing them a resume, and not only handing it to them, but reading it to them for quite a bit of time. That would just not be something that we would do in a normal interaction. So, and I mentioned that because I want to get into what should go into a recruiting email. Coach, quick break from the podcast to ask you a question. How do you build culture and tradition in a program? Well, that's something that I get asked all the time because many of you are trying to do just that. You want to be seen by your current team and your recruits as a place they're going to be proud to be associated with. One of the best ways to do that is to give your student athletes something they'll always associate with your program and their time at the school. And that's where legend rings come in. These experts design incredibly beautiful pieces of art that your athletes will wear with pride, whether it's for a team accomplishment or an individual award or something you give your outgoing seniors as a thank you for their commitment. Legend rings get worn and they get remembered. And the best part, these rings that you design as the coach are a fraction of what the traditional big guys charge. So do this. Go to legendrings.com and see what I'm talking about. And when you do, mention that you heard it here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast for your free coach's ring with your order. You got to see it. It's incredible. Seriously, Coach, just take a look at what they have at legendrings.com and start building an affordable tradition that'll keep them dedicated to your program years after they leave campus. That's legendrings.com. 
what should go into a recruiting email is, let's just take it at the start, that if this is about building a relationship, most relationships are built when you, seeking to build a relationship, go to the pro, go to that person you're, you're trying to build a relationship with, this new person, whether it's a recruit or a romantic interest or a head coach you're interviewing with or an AD you're trying to land a job with, whatever it is, whoever that new relationship is, what we should be doing, what a normal person does, is we ask them questions. We want to find out about them. I want to go and get your thoughts, not pummel you with my thoughts. That's the way you build a good relationship. Uh, most first dates are a series of back and forth questions because we're asking each other about uh, about you know our life, opinions on things, what we like to do. We're finding out information. We're not doing a uh, you know a sales job on this this uh, this person we're sitting across from. We're trying to relate to them and connect with them. So your email has an incredible opportunity, an incredible power to do that if you do if you do it correctly so some rules that we have seen uh, being followed and have great success when it comes to emails is first and foremost I have to have a reason to click on that email that you just sent more than I do all of the other emails that I just opened up in my inbox if if for instance i am a recruiter i'm only opening up my email every four or eight days and i'm really digging into it at that point then i need to make sure i am time efficient and how do we all determine whether we're time efficient with emails what we do is we look at the subject line and we make a determination you know what's what do i click what do i delete and that's i can tell you from my standpoint i get a lot of emails every day both uh, in my uh, social tab and my promotional tab uh, on Gmail, as well as um, as well as in my regular inbox, I have to go through and I the first thing I do every day is clean out those emails. Which one is a coach asking a question? Which one is um, uh, something that I subscribed to three years ago, uh, sending me a random you know newsletter? or something. Uh, that's what I'm trying to determine. Your kids, your prospects are doing the same thing. What they're doing is saying, who matters? Who's interested? Which sounds like a real person? Which sounds like something that's automated in mass mail? And they're using their first, they tell us the first thing they use in determining that is a subject line. They'll look at the coach's name and certainly if a coach they're familiar with or have heard of before or in communication with is sending them something, that might be something that they open. But at first, I'm trying to figure out who it is that matters and which uh, email should I pay attention to. To do that, I look at the subject line, just like we all do. The more mundane and average the subject line, the less likely it is to open, shocker. The more interesting, off the wall and um, curiosity inducing subject line, the more likely I am to um, to open that. So my first suggestion to you is that when you are creating an email, the last thing I want to put in the subject line is Tudor University football. That's not, I would never do that. Um, a lot of coaches do because it's a good general descriptor maybe, but it's not something that's going to, um, it sounds sort of average and, and again, 
like a lot of coaches use. Um, I might use a subject line like, uh, saw you play last week, really want to talk. Something like that that is going to say, well, who is this? What did they, they saw me somewhere? I'm gonna I'm gonna open that and see what that's all about. So your first job as a marketer uh, and a recruiter is to get prospects to open your mail, to open that email. Once they open it, uh, I'm gonna encourage you to be very conversational and and also be shorter rather than longer. So. You've, there's lots of other uh, uh, subject matter on our blog over on Honey Badger Recruiting, our training site for um, subscribers and clients. Uh, in this podcast, we've made the point over and over and over again that consistency is uh, really, really important in recruiting. That they are, uh, they, the prospects, are looking at your consistency. Are you sending them something that answers those two key questions we talked about? Uh, regularly and for regular for them is every six to nine days they want something coming to them that is the story of your program and answers those two key questions doesn't mean that you have to talk to them it means that they need something of substance from you for those uh, at that frequency if you give that to them they're going to reward you and they feel like that's a coach who's interested in me uh, and that becomes a separator between programs. And that's one of the exciting things is that we've seen programs that don't have a lot of uh, history, a lot of positive history anyway, uh, maybe a brand new coach to, um, to, the, uh, to the program, uh, maybe not a top-ranked university, but they're able to get really good recruiting classes because they prove to the prospects that they are the ones that are most interested and have put the most time into that uh, into that relationship. So consistency is is important, and one of the best ways to do that is through emails and letters. So if that's the case, they open the email. I want it to be conversational first and foremost. What does that mean? That means you talking in your voice. So you would, if you sit down and wrote a letter or an email to a recruit, you're going to write it very differently than if you were texting back and forth with me on a question that you had, or we're just in a conversation back with anybody. Really, you're gonna text differently than you sit down and compose uh, an official recruiting message uh, that's a letter or an email. I need you to use more of the language that you would use in your text messaging, where you sound conversational and sound human, rather than what most coaches put in their uh, recruiting messages, their letters and emails, which is much more formal, much longer and gives the, uh, the the reader the sense that maybe this went out to a lot of different people because of how it's phrased. Um, if you're talking third person and you know we here at Tudor University take great pride in blah 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 uh, and we list out all of our facts and everything that that is not personal back and forth contact I feel as the prospect they tell us they feel like that went to dozens if not hundreds of other of uh, other recruits which let's be honest it probably did we don't want it to sound like that though you can still send a message out to multiple recruits because there is an efficiency aspect to messaging uh, whether it's emails or letters that's that's what um, sort of dictates a coach's day is being efficient and I get that but you can have a conversational tone you can be relaxed you can bring out your personality and still send out that same message to a lot of different prospects. 
um, but it has to sound like you. So the, the one of the standards that I've encouraged coaches to use is when you write out a, a message, maybe you go back and you're rethinking some of how you've emailed before and now you're gonna um, you're going to try to re review and um, revise those those messages that you've sent. That's great. I encourage you to do that. I hope you do. When you do, print that out or on the screen, Go back and whatever you wrote, read it out loud to yourself. Better yet, read it out loud to somebody who knows you in the department, maybe on, in your office, and ask them that the really the standard should be, does that sound like me? Does that sound like me talking? Is that the phrasing I use? Is that the tone I use? You should, In other words, you hear how I've been talking to you on this podcast. This isn't scripted. Well, I'm driving, so it would be kind of scary if it was scripted. I'm, I'm not reading a script. I'm just holding the phone up and talking. That's... If you were to transcribe that, think of all the misplaced punctuation, the run-on sentences, but yet you've listened this far. Why? Because I'm just talking to you. You know it's me. I'm not reading it. I'm talking from my knowledge base, my heart. It's me talking to you. That matters, and it matters to your recruits. They are looking for coaches who will talk to them and feel and make them feel like they're genuinely interested in having a conversation rather than genuinely interested in relaying a bunch of facts. Um, so your message, when you read it out loud, that email that you're going to send, should sound like you're talking to them. It should sound like you. Because if it does, they're going to be more apt to reply as then. They're going to feel comfortable. If it's like the letters I've described or like the emails I've described, that message that's very formal won't get a response because as a recruit, I don't know how to respond to it. So step number one, make that email conversational. Make sure you can read it out loud and it sounds like you talking. It sounds like your normal conversational tone, your phrasing, your temperament, your tone, everything, but now written in the same way that you text. Um, I've also encouraged coaches to look at the way you text and the phrasing that you normally use and then apply that same principle, that same approach to, um, to emails as well. So that's number one. Make sure that your tone is correct because they are reading your tone. The next thing, number two, that will fix your emails is to make them shorter. Whatever your normal email length is now, try to cut it in half. Emails should be short to read, quick to respond to. If they are long to read, I'm going to have trouble responding to it if I'm a prospect. We want the response first and foremost. Emails, unlike letters, have the ability to get a response. They have the ability to, to um, uh, have the reader say, I'm going to hit reply and now talk back to the person who sent this to me. And it's great. Harder to do that with a letter easier to do that with an email, very easy to do with text messaging. So we want the, the email to emulate the text message in that way. I want the reply. If I'm a recruiter and I'm listening to this, and my job is to get kids on campus to get the best athletes uh, to my program, it starts with a response. I need the response. And so that conversation, the ability for that athlete to hit respond and, and reply uh, is is just gold. I mean, when that happens, I don't know if you realize that that doesn't happen most of the time with most coaches. If it happens with you, you've earned something special with that athlete. Uh, to do that, it needs to be shorter. I need to read it, take it, and respond to it. 
you're going to say, but Dan, there's more information that I want to include. I can't cut stuff out right now because this is really important. I need them to understand what we're all about here. I get it. What I'm going to suggest to you is that if we go every six to nine days, if we're going longer, if we start this conversation 14 months prior to them making a decision or eight months prior to them needing to make a decision for my program, it's going to be easier to give them a bunch of short messages rather than a, a couple of long, drawn-out messages. That's what I want you to aim for is shorter, more frequent messaging that emulates texts more, which are short and to the point. Your email should be short and to the point. And focus on a topic that it would be important for a, a teenager that is looking at a, choosing a college to, uh, to go to. So... Not only does it need to be short, it needs to be, number three, topic-driven. Stick to one thing. Stick to one thing that you're trying to get them to understand. Maybe that is uh, why they're going to have a lot of fun on campus, you know, even when they're not associated or, or participating in their sport. Why is it fun to live on your campus? And many of you, by the way, have campuses where uh, you know there are deficits. There are things that are the negative. Maybe it's the location. Maybe it's the area of the city you're located in. Maybe it's um, that there's just nothing around campus fun to do. Well, you still have to make the case. Here's why you as a prospect should want that. That's your job. That's most easily done when we stick with one topic and we focus on that and get them to respond to it and, and understand it and absorb it. Um, so that's that's number three. And number four, and, and really I'm going to stick to four main things in your, in your uh, emails that you create or revise after listening to this. When you do that, what I need you to do is make sure you ask for a response. Um, it's, as an adult, again, this is one thing that we forget. I know I should respond to an email or a text that you send me. I don't need you to tell me, respond to this, Dan, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. I'm going to do that automatically because I lived in the professional world. We've handled messaging back and forth um, as adults longer than a 16-, 17-, 18-year-old student-athlete has. We need to tell them to respond. We need to explain that I want to hear what you have to say. Reply back to me. I'd love to hear back from you before this weekend. Hey, can you can you tell me how that sounds? Uh, just you know, hit reply. Give me your thoughts in a minute or two. That's the thing that you need to do that most coaches don't do, and it stops the recruiting process. It stops the conversation before it ever gets started. So, the last thing I would want you to put in nearly every email is an invitation to interact because they need that. They tell us they need it. They're scared of making the wrong decision. They're scared of um, making a mistake, sounding stupid replying when they think maybe you didn't want them to reply. All those things short-circuit the the recruiting process, and that's something that we don't want. So ask them to reply. Coach, if you focus on those main four points for your emails, you're going to see an immediate increase in response rate. You're going to uh, be more efficient because you're going to hear and see who's more interested in you uh, right from the start, and you're also going to see um, people that, um, that, that, that aren't as interested in the start. You're going to be able to make strategic decisions from that. Um, so that's why these changes are, uh, are important. Uh, one last thing I'll throw in here before we wrap up today, and it's important as well, is 
those non-responses, the kids that don't get back to you right away. There are many of you at many schools who aren't in the upper 1% of your sport, who aren't the go-to school, who aren't uh, the, you know, the, the coach with a great reputation. If I was that, if, if I fit into one of those categories as a recruiter, I would fully expect athletes that I go out and reach out to via email not to respond right away. I'm not going to be offended by it. I'm not going to be discouraged by it. I'm going to go into the process expecting that most recruits who will end up taking a serious look at our our school aren't going to respond right away. And by right away, I mean maybe within the first three, four, five months, I may not hear back from them. I want you to keep sending them emails. I want you to keep that line open. I want you to continue to tell the story. Because what we find is that they are reading them, they aren't interested yet, but then whatever their dream schools are, whatever they think they're going to be, uh, uh, whoever they think they're going to be getting an offer from or, or going to, that doesn't work. I want you to be the coach that's still there saying we're interested and not be offended and say, well, they weren't interested at first, so I don't want a kid who doesn't want to play here. Coach, most athletes don't know how to make this decision. They don't know that they should want to play and compete at your school. You have to be patient. Let them work through the process. Many of them, not all of them, but a lot of them aren't going to respond right away. That's what's going on. They're just working through the process. Give them that space to do that. If you do, you're going to pick up recruits three, four, five months later who were interested all along, who will jump in and and see that you are the one you are the coach that is the most interested. So the other thing about this is patience. That's not necessarily a step to take. It's just an overall attitude to take as you press send with this new revised email. There's still going to be kids who aren't going to respond right away. Please be patient. Stick with it because there are a lot of coaches, frankly, that are ticked off. I just mentioned this to you uh, because they use it as a strategy. They're in it for the long haul and they've realized I can outlast my better funded competitors with newer facilities and more uh, financial aid to give uh, and who have won more than me, I can still win and beat them for recruits because I'm the one that is outlasting them. You can join them, coach. You just have to have patience and a plan and the consistency. So that's part one of this. Part two is going to be letters. That'll be in the next episode here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. If you need more information, Go to dantutor.com, search our blog, click on the Honey Badger recruiting link, um, click on the recruiting and workshop link. There are so many in the webinar link. There are so many ways to interact with us, get free or very, very low cost information that will make you a better recruiter immediately. We are here to help coach. We've been a resource for coaches now at the college level for nearly two decades. Um, Everything we do is based on research, as much science as we can drag into the process uh, and and telling you and teaching you what we have seen successful recruiters do. That's what we're all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So thanks for listening. Please make sure you tell the newer coaches in your department to listen, uh, your athletic director, people, uh, friends at other colleges. Um, get them involved because the more voices, the more people listening in this community of listeners, then we get to have more interesting topics, more guests, and it uh, comes back and benefits you. So thank you for listening, Coach. I appreciate it. I hope you're having a great recruiting year, and I hope that you put these these principles into play because they are really going to help you 
uh, be a better emailer. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about how all this applies to letters and why. If you aren't sending recruiting letters on a semi-regular basis to your recruits, you are you are really missing out. I'm going to explain why a letter is so important, why it absolutely has to be a part of your recruiting plan. That'll be in the next episode. Coach, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Hope to hear from you. Hope you keep listening. Thanks for listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher, and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show. Email the host at dan at dantutor.com and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.